Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We're going to talk it over with Kelly Chase, somebody I've talked to many times over the years TV, radio, podcast. And going back to November, I believe is when I first heard that he had been diagnosed with leukemia. And you hear those words and you immediately think of the tough guy, Kelly Chase, beating everybody up, just tough as nails. That's all well documented. And then I started thinking about all those hospital visits during his years as a blues ambassador, really 30 years now at least, of representing the blues. First as a player, then as a broadcaster, but always sort of a blues ambassador. And I started thinking about him being in the hospital and how strange this is now. People are going to see him. And we had an interview with Craig Berube right after he got fired. And I'm sitting in the studio at KTRS and we're waiting. He texted, give me 10 minutes. Give me 10 more minutes. It's fine. We were recording. We could sit and wait. No big deal. And then Chief calls and he said, yeah, sorry, I was with Chaser. Gretz and I went to see him. I'm like, wait a minute. Wayne Gretzky and Craig Berube are just walking down the hall at Siteman Cancer Center to go see Kelly Chase. So Chaser, at the time, who's always been a great soundbite, just a great storyteller, he said, I really don't want to talk about this. I don't think there's anything to say until I beat this. And that's exactly the answer I would have expected from Kelly Chase. Over 200 career NHL fights and goes into this battle with leukemia. But Friday he called me and he said, listen, I'm going to do something. I'm going to put on an event, and I want to raise some money. And I wanted to go to research. And I think in this interview there's a line where he said, I I don't want to build another parking lot or parking garage. I wanted to go to research. we got to help some people. And the best news of all is that Kelly Chase currently is in remission. Now, for folks who have either gone through cancer themselves or have a family member, you know you're never quite certain. There's always a little bit of that fear. But for now, the news is good. He's getting his stamina back. So we sat down and talked for about a good 30 minutes about finding out that he had leukemia, having to tell his family. There's some great Twister anecdotes in there as well. His old buddy, Tony Twist. Still the guy you call when you want to break out of jail, you want to break out of the hospital. (laughs) So Chaser sharing his story with us and about his event. And again, April 5th, Centene Community Ice Center. He's got an NHL alumni team, Chris Chelios, Eddie Belfour. You know fans are going to be all over Belfour. It's going to be great fun. A couple thousand people in the building chanting, Belfour. Kirk uh, Dirks Bentley is going to suit up, the country singer. Sean Payton is the head coach of the hockey team, the NHL alumni. I'm like, wait a minute. Why is the Denver Broncos head coach coaching? And Chaser said they're buddies. So we've got an, an eclectic lineup. I think Garth Brooks is going to play a role. I don't know if he'll be there or not. Wayne Gretzky is supposed to be doing TNT that weekend. And Chaser said, tell him you can't make it. Which sounds crazy, but I'm thinking... 
Gretzky can probably do whatever he wants. So they're putting together a Blues alumni team. Pierre Turgeon, Andy McDonald, Barrett Jackman. These are some more recent players. These guys can still skate, still get up and down the ice. Brett Hull is going to be coaching. I might go just to see Hulley drinking a Jack and Coke while coaching the Blues alumni. It's going to be great fun. So they're raising money for that. I think tickets go on sale this Friday. If you just go to the Blues website, I'm sure you can get more information. As always, Chaser is trying to lead the charge, do something for the cause, and doesn't want to reflect a ton on his own battle. But in this particular visit, we sat down in the Blues alumni. I always want to say locker room. I guess you're supposed to say dressing room. That's the hockey thing. I don't know. But they've got a great setup at Centene Community Ice Center. If you haven't been, that's right next door to Hollywood Casino. Beautiful facility. That's where the event's going to be. That's where we sat down to talk. Emotional at times. And it's it's definitely interesting to see the, the, the career tough guy. Emotional and sad. And part of that was seeing Blues fans. I was at that game December 23rd. It was the Blackhawks game where the Blues were just getting clobbered. It was Darren Pang's return. Gretzky was there. Chase was there. They kept showing these guys on the Jumbotron. The game itself was garbage until the third period. Then the Blues scored five goals. But he talks about that return, seeing so many people in the building for the first time. He's lost his hair. Still looks like Chaser. But this is a, uh, a unique conversation with our old buddy Kelly Chase, who's in the battle of his life, which sounds cliche, and I guess it probably is. Kilcoin Conversation, company from the Pasta House Studios, as always. You know the drill. 19 area locations. I love that new one over there in Kirkwood. Corner of Woodlawn in Manchester. Or online, pastahouse.com. Everything made fresh daily. The hardest thing to do when you go to Pasta House, lunch, dinner, you don't know what to order. It's all good. My kids like the lasagna, sometimes traditional spaghetti and meatballs. I really like pasta corn broccoli. I could also just fill up on the salad. Love it at the Pasta House. Get online, pastahouse.com. Marie DeVilla Senior Living. They're at the corner of Clayton and Wideman Road. They've been there since 1960. So if mom and dad or grandma and grandpa are looking for a place in those retirement years, you can get a house, villa estate. You're living on your own, but you have access to the clubhouse, all the amenities, the great food, so many fun events. It's always festive at Marie DeVilla. Take a tour online, mariedevilla.com. Appliance discounters, real simple. Washer, dryer, stove, refrigerator, or all of the above at the lowest prices. Biggest names, lowest prices. In fact, they make sure they do the price checking around town. They go by all the big box stores, see what they're charging for that particular appliance, and they make sure their price is lower. It's right there on the price tag. General Electric, always great rebates available. I always recommend just get in the search engine, type in GE, see what rebates are available. Lowest prices guaranteed. The appliance discounters. Com. Triad Bank, one of our longtime sponsors, going back to the Tony Talk segments with Larusa five years ago. And those segments still hold up. Hear Tony talking about Mark McGuire's summer of 98, Albert Pujols arriving on the scene for the first time in spring training. Great stories. You can always find those at scoopswithdannymac.com, Spotify, iTunes. You can go back and find all of those segments. But Triad Bank has been with us from day one. Neighborhood friendly bank. If you don't enjoy your banking experience, getting the runaround, or they're just rude, especially for local business owners, go to the St. Louis based bank where you can get things done. It's Triad Bank, two locations Clayton Road in Frontenac, or on Olive just west 
of 270. And of course, the Missouri Athletic Club, mac-stl.org. Two different clubhouses, downtown, old school, love that building. Since 1903, on Wash Ave and Broadway, you've probably been to a wedding there, maybe an event there, maybe the Jack Buck Sports Awards, MAC, such a great spot. And again, it's for the kids as well. Summertime, swimming at the outdoor pool out west, summer camps. You want to learn how to play pickleball, tennis, do it for fitness, get there early in the morning, get a great workout in downtown or out west. Or if you just want to do it for social reasons, you can always host an event out there. The MAC is really a little bit of everything for the whole family. Fitness, social, events, speaker series is unbelievable. It's mac-stl.org. And now our visit with Chaser, Kelly Chase. How did well, you and I have not talked officially? I mean, when did you find out, or how? What were you under the weather? What all transpired? Yeah, it was weird. I I just had some infections that like small things, my ankle and my foot, and um, and in my tooth, uh, an implant that I, I just couldn't get infection out of. And I went to this great doctor, Trish Herford, and she just said, I'm going to take some blood work and just kind of check and see if you're all right with everything. I was on a Friday, and on Monday morning, she was texting me, telling me not to go in for my surgery and on my mouth, and I was already in there. And I'm like, why? Just call me. And she said, I'm on a plane. I can't call you. Don't do the surgery. And, of course, I did the surgery, you know. Um, did talk to the surgeon. He's like, listen, you have an infection in there that if we don't get rid of, going to be a problem. You're going to get some kind of, you know, blood infection, and then you're really going to have a problem. So I, um, I let them cut this, the implant out, shaved the bone off my jaw, compact it with uh, cadaver bone, and then sew it back up. And when I got in the lobby, she was screaming at me on the phone, why did you do that? I told you not to do that. Are you bleeding a lot? And I said, no, I'm hardly bleeding at all. Uh, clearly didn't know me, you know, not much of a bleeder. And uh, just, she said, go to Siteman's. I need you to go there right now. Siteman's? What the hell am I going to Siteman's for? Like, it's a cancer hospital. I went there, and within an hour and a half, they had done blood work and told me that I had. I went in this room with this really smart doctor who's, I call him, he's a little cocky, but he's my buddy, and he's, I love him. I don't know if he's cocky, he's just smart. And he said to me, I don't have a clue who you are, and I don't have a clue anything about hockey. But these two doctors that are standing in here right now seem to think you're the toughest guy that walked in the soil of St. Louis. And the 24 people on the other side of this wall are concerned about you, which means I gotta get you better. And are you good with that? And I said, yeah, I am. My name's uh, Ramsey Aboud, and you and I are gonna make a plan and I'm gonna get you better. I said, okay. He said, cause you, you've got leukemia and it's an aggressive type of leukemia. And I think we need to make a plan. Do you need to call anybody? And I said, no. And he said, okay, I see you're married. Do you want to call your wife? I said, no, she's not in town. And 
I'll fill her in, you know, after we make a, a plan or a decision on what we're going to do. And she said, and, and he said, okay. We sat down and we talked about what I had and what causes it to comp continue to repeat itself as a bad blood cells and chromosomes. And, and then we talked about how we were going to do, you know, what we're going to do with the cure and then about a trial that they had going on and that he thought it would fit for me. And so um, I did that. I agreed to do the trial. And uh, he had me set up for a bone marrow uh, bone marrow biopsy the next day. I had a bone marrow biopsy the next day. I got extremely sick that night. I ended up in the hospital the next day and they just kept me in. They said, you know, I was supposed to go for nine days before his chemo started. They just kept me in. I was sick and just said, you're staying in. So. We went through some infection stuff and some surgeries to get rid of infections and my heart stopping a couple times and them having to fix that and you know I don't remember much of it but I remember it being the first time in my life where where I didn't think I was in control so you know I, I've, I've repeated this but I've said you know when I speak it in gatherings of leaderships. I talk about reading the paper. If you're going to be a leader, just read the paper. What I mean by that is when you look on a plane and you're playing cards and you're in a card game and the captain's flying a plane and his doors are open and the plane starts to hit turbulence and they just keep reading the paper, you just go back to the card game. If they start reaching for masks and seat belts, you start panicking a little bit. So if you're the leader of that ship, just read the paper. And so it was the first time I told my son, I need you to get me to the hospital. I don't feel very well. I think I had 104.4 or 105 temperature. And that's something never heard in the Chase house, drive me to a hospital, not out of me. Um, and then I don't really remember much about being in there the first 10 days because I didn't get chemo right away because of all the infections I had and I had surgery on my back end because of an infection that started as a little cyst and turned out to be the size of a pear, you know, and then we had to wait 48 hours to do chemo because my heart had quit and watched get it going again. And then after that I started coming around and kind of knowing a little bit about what the battle was. I never minded fighting, I just like to see the size of the guy. And I had no clue if this guy threw with his right, his left, if he could take a punch. And I got news for you, if you're going to pick a fight, don't pick this guy, he's tough. He can take a punch. How many days in the hospital? You had two different stints, is that right? Three now. Three different stints for how many days? And I'm not positive of the number of days, but I would say um, close to 70 or 80 days in the hospital. And all your life, you've been going to hospitals. You've been visiting people. Yeah. Talking to kids and telling yeah. people get better. Was it a little surreal now? You're, you're the guy people are, I know Chief told me, I got to go see Chaser and Gretzky's going to see. A little different, right? Is it a little surreal? You know what? The, the, it became... 
you get what you what you what you would call chemo brain or chemo fog I guess they call it whatever it is but I felt this sense of um, anxiety or this sense of um, that I had to help people and I put the pressure on myself I had a kid beside me she was 23 years old getting bone marrow transplant and I think she was kind of giving up just speaking with her parents and they came in and talked to me so I went in and talked to her a little bit and she was a huge blues fan and I get her a jersey and my son brought a jersey and I sat with her a few nights and then I talked to her about kind of the food she was eating and the habits and said look you know like you have an electric car would you put water in your electric car to get it run no why are you eating the way you're eating Put some fuel in there that's going to make you feel better. We got to get you out of here. Can't go to a blues game with me if you're not in, if you're sitting in here. And then Shenner came by, and he, he came by quite often. And Jackman, Twist, you know those guys were there all the time. And one day I just said to Shenner, Shenner, you got to meet this kid. And I went next door and I banged on her door and asked her to come in. Asked if I could come in and she came in. She met Shenner, took a picture with him, and it was like. There's a saying about five minutes of your time is worth more than $5,000. And it was never more evident than that moment, you know. And it changed the kid. And so I think there were times where I put pressure on myself. I'm, I, I'm in constant contact with a firefighter who, you know, was having a lot of trouble. He was really fighting depression with it. And I said to him, I said, like, You'll run in a burning building to save somebody that's you don't even know. That's maybe half the quality of person that you are, and you're not, and you're having trouble. You're quitting on this. You, you, you got two beautiful daughters and a wife, and you won't fight for them. Oh, shit, like that's new to me. And he and he did. He he came around, and he's doing great, and and. Leukemia wears you down in so many ways because there's so many different types of it, you know. It gets the best of you in so many different ways. And my first two rounds, I was riding a Peloton. They said, you'll never ride that Peloton. Three days, you'll be off that thing. You'll be laying underneath it. I made them a bet, 24 days. I rode that Peloton. I did, told them I was going to do 100 push-ups a day. I did 100 push-ups a day, 100 sit-ups a day. I did 100 sit-ups a day. And I said I was going to walk 10 miles. I was going to walk more than seven miles a day, and I got up to 10 miles a day walking in the hospital. Ended up snapping my, pellet, uh, my patella tendon, getting out of a chair, just because your bones and your tendons get so weak and they brittle. But it really, I mean, honestly, like it hit, it hit home with me when I started being married to my bed when all of a sudden my patella tendon was snapped and I was in a wheelchair and the only thing I could do was roll around in a wheelchair and get in my bed and then I started struggling with it a bit, you know, and I... You feel sorry for yourself at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I told this story earlier, but, you know, I made a deal with the doctor and I did 2,800 push-ups and 2,800 sit-ups, so I was 400 to the good on both of them. Did all my bike rides, 35 to 45 minutes, and 
had all these walks and he didn't show up for the two days he was supposed to show up because he was at a seminar. And I would have had numbers good enough to get out. And I, I, wasn't, I was in a bad place. And um, I challenged him when he came in and just said, this is wrong, you, you can't keep your word, you know. And <laughs> first of all, let me back up. I got in the shower and had a breakdown. So on my knees hyperventilating. And so you do what any sane person does when they dry off, they call Twister. <laughs> and I called him. And, you know the scene in the town where Ben Affleck says, hey, I'm going to ask you to do something that's not very good. And we're going to never talk about it again, and we're going to hurt some people. And Remy's laying on the couch. He sits up and he says, whose car are we taking? That's Twister. And people talk about having 3 a.m. people. There's a guy you call at 6 and he'll, yeah, I'll come and help you. Guy you call in the afternoon, yeah, I'll come and help you move tonight or whatever. Then there's a guy you call at 3 a.m. And that's a badass motherfucker and that guy's coming to help you. Okay. Well, it was 11. And the only thing he asked me was, he knew, he said, are you all right? And I said, I am. And he said, are you hooked up to anything? And I said, no. He said, I'll be there in 25 minutes. So I was leaving the hospital. Not the greatest plan when you have leukemia. But you were allowed to leave at this point. No, I was no. not allowed to leave. Okay. <laughs> I was leaving. That's why Twister's <laughs> So Twister, I called him 10 minutes later and stopped him. And I said, hey, listen. It's a bad idea. Come at 8.30 in the morning after the doctors have seen me. No one's going to look for me till 4. He goes, what do I need to bring? I said, bring two hockey bags and a truck because I got this Peloton. And I said, I need to get out of here. I'm going to lose my mind. And then once the doctor sees me, we can go. So he shows up in the morning. He's got the janitor laundry cart deal going. And who knows where he's got the express employee uh, pass for the elevator, but he's got himself a swipe card twister. <laughs> Twisters found a way, and um, we pack up the bags, put the Christmas tree folded down that my wife thought I needed because I was going to be in there over Christmas. It's the 22nd of December. Got all the lights rolled up, all of the stuff that people have sent over, and pack it all in. He says, "You see my truck down there?" And I look, and he in emergency and he's got his truck there with pylons around it and the flashers on and, and, he, and a hoist to get the bike on. He says, I need a sheet for that Peloton. So I stripped down my bed, threw all of this soiled linen stuff in the thing and give him the sheet for there. And the doctor walked in. I go, oh, look who showed up. I go, two days late, work's done. Look who showed up. He goes, I know, I know. I was at a seminar and he's kind of, you know, casual. Twister and I aren't casual. Well, you were seriously pissed off. I was pissed off. Yeah. Pissed off. And he goes, Mom, relax, relax. And I'm like, relax. You gave me your word. You can keep your word. And he sees Twister and he looks and he says, uh, well, I'm going to discharge you today. He goes, Hi, I'm Ramsey Abood. And Twister goes, Tony. Is you a hockey player, Tony? He goes, Nope. Just stands there. Intimidating as hell, scaring the shit out of the doctor. And the doctor go, 
doctor goes, well, I'm going to discharge you today. You okay with that? I go, are you? Are you actually going to do it? And he goes, yeah. I said, okay, then I'm okay with it. Are you okay with it, Tony? Tony goes, oh, I knew he was leaving today. I just didn't know how he was getting the Peloton out of here without anybody seeing me. <laughs> so. That was your first time leaving. At, the, at that point, Twister left with the bike. No use me leaving. I can wait for my wife now because I'm actually leaving, right. legally leaving. And he goes crazy on me. What's wrong with you hockey players? You don't have the flu. You got leukemia. On the 27th, that was the 22nd. On the 27th of December, he called me in get a bone biopsy and I was getting a bone biopsy and he asked me when I'd like to start my second round which I wasn't supposed to start until February but I'd really done well with the treatment and I said uh, I want to start today and he started laughing and his nurses were laughing and they said well we knew you're gonna say that but we don't even have beds available so I went in and got vitals and when they come back they gave me the first of January start mine there was a different mood in there and this doctor has decided, my doctor who I love, has decided to tell my wife the story about Twist taking me out of there. <laughs> so that didn't go over real well. So he said, I'm going to make you an outpatient. I'm going to make you, you know, do seven days of chemo and then you're, gonna, uh, you're going to uh, <laughs> excuse me, be an outpatient. <laughs> excuse me, guys. Um, going to be an outpatient and have no immune system, no platelets, no white blood cell count, but we'll just let you out. How does that sound? I'm like, okay. Like, you know, I don't know nothing. And she goes, yeah, and you're not moving in with me. You can move in with Twist. <laughs> so that turned the corner and I caught some hell. And, and that, that message was to take it serious, right? Take like it a, serious, yeah. you know. And I did, and of course, Twister stayed away from my wife for a minute, and wasn't his fault, but I was gonna make better decisions even with that chemo brain and the feeling sorry for yourself and whatever else, because you have those moments where you just, and you know tomorrow's gonna be a better day, but when you're aching and you're sore, and you're sitting there and you're by yourself, it's, you know, you gotta have them, you gotta be, a, Better be mentally tough if you're going to fight this guy. And in remission right now, is that right? Yeah, I'm so in remission right now, and I still have two rounds to go. Um, but that's huge, right? It's huge. Huge. I got, you know, my bones ache pretty bad from this last round, and, I'm in, you know, you're in a lot of pain when it comes to that. You get tired. But, I mean, you see people that are in there that are really having a hard time and I feel like I don't feel like I'm the norm anyway like I don't think you can take a guy that played in this room and then and give him some obscure diagnosis and statistics Cause, because when they would come in and ask me well, what's the, your pain from scale to 1 to 10 what do you tell them you tell them you tell them 10 because you want some meds because you, cause, you know, because you want to feel better. And you tell them it's a four because I broke my arm, I dislocated my elbow, I broke my feet, you know, I've had three knee surgeries, broke my nose five times, broke both my hands. Is that what, like, 
what do you tell them? Because we're not the norm. So when they come in and ask a question like that, it's the stupidest question in the world to ask an athlete or an ex-athlete. Because... Because you don't acknowledge pain the way most people do. Well, you, the one thing your body doesn't do, it doesn't, remember, it doesn't remember pain. So it doesn't remember the pain threshold. You know you were in a lot of it at one point. But like when you're laying there in bed and, and I've tore the patella tendon off my knee, you know, which happened. I know it hurts. And I know I got to be in a wheelchair. But is it an eight or is it a four? You know, do I get more of something because it's an eight? Like I'll tell you, it freaking hurts. But you're not going to pull numbers off of us to make any sense on whether we're going to beat it or not. So when he asked me if I wanted those numbers, was you know, do you want a diagnosis? I said no. And when he said, you sure? I said, yeah, there's winning, losing teams, right? He said, yeah, it's winners and losers. I said, then get me on the right team. Just got to get in the right team. That's all, it's, that's all this is. Get on the winning team. And, you know, if you ask those questions, and they start giving you, I don't know, they start giving you answers about percentages. Well, there's been 7,990 7, players play one game or more in the NHL in 120 years. So take those statistics and put them up against leukemia statistics and whether or not you think I'm going to win this battle. I mean, are you afraid? I was afraid. I'm not now. I'm not now. I, I don't know if I was afraid. I think it was the first time, I, I've said this before, I think it's the first time in my life where I had to acknowledge that I needed help, that I couldn't help myself. And the part of that that sucks is said, you know, my wife walked into the, in, into the hospital room with three kids that were supposed to be away playing hockey. And that's when, you know, you fought for everybody your whole life. And that's when, you know, this is going to get real because that's a way more important to fight for. And for me, <sighs> I, was, I was younger when my dad passed away and I just, I don't want that for them. You know? How about the outpouring? I saw at the December game, fans yeah. are going crazy. Yeah, that was just in general. I, you probably have heard from a ton. You've, yeah, yeah. it's you, unbelievable the outpouring. Gretzky bullied me into going to that game. Him and Caruso. <laughs> Mike Caruso sent more videos to me. Like what Mike Caruso has done to it just it you know to get video and to get guys to just take the time to send them. Like there's thousands of people. Gretz bullied me into going to the game because I was out. Come on, fans want to see you. You know and. Well, I wasn't ready to see the fans yet because I was going to be emotional. 
which I thought I did a pretty good job of holding it together. Um, and yet, um, I would see an usher and they'd start to cry. And I would see somebody working a concession and they'd, they'd start to cry. Or, or working at the door, the elevator, they'd cry. And that was hard. Um, the funny thing about that game is I walked, I came home and I said to my wife, well, I was with Twister, and I said, you know, people are scared. She said, they're not scared. People aren't scared. And I said, no, they are. They're scared. And she said, no, they're not scared of you. I said, they're not scared of me. They're scared for me. Because you're, you know, you've, you're built in this city to be a blue-collar guy. And then you're, you deliver what you delivered as a player. And then you try to be a good human being. And they look at you like, holy shit, this big, strong guy's dying. I said, I can tell they're scared. She said, no. I said, listen, here's the difference between me and you. I made a living out of knowing when people are scared. They're scared. And Twister said, Raylan, they're scared. So. so now you're doing something about it. You told me this early on. You, if you're going to do something, it's going to be to help the cause. You're getting the gang together. You're getting some friends. Tell folks, April 5th. Yeah. Right April, here. Yeah, right here at Centene. So what, what we did was... We want to throw a game together where it was fun, where we could have entertainment all night. So we, we've got a band playing during the game. Uh, Craig Ninos, we've got, we got guys that are entertainers that are going to play in the game. Trevor Rosen from Old Dominion's playing. Dirk Bentley's playing in the game. Um, you know, I've been bugging Garth all week to see if he'll come and coach. Coach Payton's got blocked off eight ice times from Denver. He's going to... Sean Payton, the Denver Broncos coach. That one caught everybody off guard. Yeah, he's my buddy. He, we, we live in the same place in Idaho in the summer. Uh, coach is going to put on gear. He's going to take warm-up and decide whether he's going to play or not. Uh, I told him there's no use messing up the summer of golf. Just right. don't worry about it. So he'll coach. He'll coach. Holly's going to coach. Holly's going to coach. D.B. Sweeney, um, Dave Coulier is playing in the game. Um, so Chelios, Belfour, Chelios and Belfour. So we'll playing. have some people to boo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so people to boo. Tony Granado is going to be a big part of this. You know, he's got he's got leukemia. He's battling it. Troy Murray's going to come to town. He's got cancer. You know, we will make an announcement about another one of our players that's really having a going down the same path and wants to keep it to himself right now. But it's going to surprise a lot of people. But it hits home with a lot of you, and um, all these guys are going to come. There's general admission tickets, and then there's VIP tickets. Uh, general admission, I think, are $50. The VIP tickets are 500 There's 500 of them out there, um, and it's just going to be a party. To, you know, I called, I called Gretz today. I said, get out of it. He's got a gig at TNT. I said, get out of it. We need you here. <laughs> So we've got He's a lot of grads, guys. So you can do whatever he wants, right? That's what I said. I said, if you're, any good, if you're worth your salt, you're going to be there. So Gretz will be there. Um, we'll have a good grouping of guys and a fun grouping of guys. And, and most importantly, like, we're able to help a lot of people because of the platform that we had as players. Now with cancer, there's just that many more people that 
we can help, you know? Because you're kind of an inch deep and a mile wide when you're playing and trying to help everybody, and even when you get done a little bit. This gets you to dig in a little bit. So with the Jimmy V Foundation and Siteman's, we can put our conglomerate together and see if there's something we can't do and um, raise some money and have it more specific to research rather than maybe building another parking garage or some things that I also know come along with hospitals. But I'd sure like to be, I'd sure like to be able to um, help a kid or two or, or be able to say that we did something for that fireman or that kid that was 23 that needed bone marrow and maybe was quitting a little bit. And it's a lot that. like the Layla story too where it was awareness, you know? That's like, all it is. You know, they're doing such great stuff. If we can just give them the money for the research to continue to find ways to help us. Because 10 years ago, I don't know if I'd have the same outlook. Well, I don't know if I'd have the same perspectives. I'd have the same outlook. I don't know if I'd be sitting here talking to you. Yeah. I'd probably be laying in there for the full, you know, five or six months. Yeah. And for me, look, my family is the most important thing to me. My boys, you know. So if, 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 if they have a kid that I can help or they know a kid that I can help, because we all run into it. It's coming, you know? It just punched me in the nose. I wasn't ready. And like I said, I don't mind fucking fighting, but I'd like to see the size of the guy. I'd like mm -hmm. to know if he fights with his right hand or his left hand or take a punch or whatever it is. But I didn't know what the hell I was getting in the ring with on this one. And now I know, and I'm gonna win. Well, that was a powerful interview, and a lot of times you just have to get out of the way. Let him or her tell their story. I mean, a couple of times I interjected with follow-ups or questions, but pretty brief. I think this was one where it was really important just to stay out of the way. He had a story to tell. I love hearing those Twister stories. I'm just just picturing him at the hospital, just parking wherever the hell he wants and doing whatever he wants. So we're rooting for Chaser for sure. I'm glad that the news is good. He's in remission. That's awesome news. Appreciate him sharing his story with us. I've known him for a long time. And again, hopefully folks can turn out for the big event April 5th. That's a Friday night. It's the week after Easter. It's the day after the Cardinals home opener. It's the day before busy downtown with the Battle Hawks and Cards and City. But on that Friday, wide open for this hockey event. And again, having Sean Payton coaching, Brett Hull coaching, ton of celebs, former players on the ice, great experiences. I'm sure if you go to the Blues website and get more information, we appreciate you checking out this particular visit. You can find all of our interviews at Spotify and iTunes or on scoopswithdannymac.com. Our great sponsors are the Pasta House, Triad Bank, Marie de Villa Senior Living, Appliance Discounters, and the Missouri athletic club when you do business with any of these folks make sure you tell them you heard martin talking about them as always thanks for checking out the kill coin conversation without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done. 
At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.